Another crack at that great debate over productive land. Do you plant stuff in it or do you whack a house on top? The government's announced new rules to enhance protections. Environment Minister David Park is with us. Very good morning. Morning to you too, Mike. Um, Why has it taken us this long to get to this and does it actually solve the problem as far as you're concerned? Uh, Well, I heard someone else saying the devil's in the detail of this sort of instrument and they're right. So we came to power in 2017 saying that we were going to both enable more housing development because we need to house our people, but we've also got to restrict the urban sprawl that eats up too much of these land that we need to grow vegetables. Uh, So the reason that it's taken three years is because it's been a couple of exposure drafts and we've consulted with the industry quite broadly. Is the council going, or are councils going to be a problem, do you think, the way they are potentially with the intensification of housing? Uh, well, the council, a lot of the councils want this. Uh, they find it quite hard to resist a lot of private plan changes that are always coming at them. They know that these soils are really important for the for the future productivity of our country. They know that you know places like Pukekohe are losing too many hectares of land to residential development. So they want a hand. So I think they're going to be jumping into this pretty quickly. Because there's going to be tension, isn't there? Because some of the areas you isolate out, Auckland, Waikato, Canterbury, they're in te- I mean, Horofenua are less so, but they're intense areas of population. So that's, that, that doesn't dissipate. The tension doesn't dissipate, does it? No, no, it doesn't. But what if you've got better plans to identify where your highly productive soils are and where your less productive soils are, then you can direct the development to the areas which don't gobble up the best soils. Do we not know that already? Uh, we Yes, we do. We've got good soil maps, but they're not quite the granular level that you need to plan subdivisions. So some councils have got the granular plans. I was down at Hawke's Bay yesterday, and the Hastings mayor was saying that they're going to get into this straight away because they've already got mm. plans, you know, good, good soil maps. But other councils haven't quite got that level of detail. Will councils give you, like, a piece of paper that says, here it is, and this is the soil we're looking at, and this is the quality of it, and this is where you can build and can't? Will it be that clinical and clear or not? Uh, not to me, but, yes, it will eventually be in their plans that they promote to the public. So... They have a period to complete their soil maps if they haven't already done it, and then they've got two years to produce their draft plans, and those draft plans will delineate the areas to be protected. And it's been quite a big problem. Over the last 20 years, we've lost 35,000 hectares to urban development, while 170,000 hectares have been lost to lifestyle blocks. And you can see it's those lifestyle blocks that really gobble up the most land Mm and, you know, remove it from being available for horticultural production. Will there be much variation or debatable variation between councils, for example, where you look to Hawke's Bay and go, well, hold on, I can build there on that specific soil, but apparently in Waikato I can't? Yeah, uh, there will be some local variation. Uh, the the example's probably the reverse, because around Hamilton they've just about got good soils everywhere, and on occasion they still do need to subdivide some of that if they've got no choice through, you know, a bit of intensification or other areas that are less uh, high-quality soil. So there is, there is an exceptions process in here because you can't be too absolutist about it. Um, but we're, you know, lifestyle blocks for a start, which gobble up most of the land, they'll be frowned upon, and it'll be harder to subdivide these high-quality you know, high soils, and you'll need to have a good reason, like there's nowhere else to do it. Right. Does sprawl stop and cities go up? Is that generally what's happening? Uh, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't put it that quite categorically, but generally uh, cities around the world as populations grow, if they don't have overly restrictive planning rules, people choose to live close to the centre and intensify naturally. So that does occur 
as a natural process unless the planning rules prevent it from occurring. Mm. So we've already dealt with that with the upzoning uh, rules that we've brought forward, and this is the other part of this is the, the the part of the pigeon pair. Really, you've got to protect your soils at the margin because you still need some growth at the margin. You just don't want all of it there. What do you about, what do you make of pine trees? Pine trees have taken productive land. Uh, the pine, pine trees are virtually never planted on these class one, two, and three land soils. They're far too valuable. You but but, but even but, but in general terms for farming, uh, you know, you could argue that we've allowed too many trees on what many would regard as productive land. You might not grow potatoes, but you can certainly raise yeah. sheep. Yeah, yeah. Funnily enough, we you know we still haven't uh, planted as many extra pine trees uh, as we felled in recent decades. But you're right; you can have a forest in the wrong place, uh, and uh, one of the problems there has been that the discretion for councils to decide where a forest was planted, a plantation forest, was taken away some years ago. So we are actually considering restoring that right of councils to plan where they want their forests in their district. Do you worry capture by zealots? Uh, well, n- not not in respect of this paper. You know, I, I think this is a, a, a good news story. You know, preventing I do too, but I do worry in the long term that, I mean, I'm looking at this as sort of semi-related, but the Port of Tauranga, for example, trying to be dredge the harbour. They've been in court for years. They can't do anything in this country because there's always somebody who wants to take you to court for something. Is this going to be the same? Well, actually, they've been in court for a year rather than many years on that. Um but you're right, it does take too long to consent infrastructure in New Zealand, and that's one of the reasons why we're going to repeal the RMA and replace it with legislation that you know reduces those costs, because currently it takes too long and costs too much. All right, appreciate your time. Environment Minister David Parker with the